everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pearson Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're episode 375. That is episode 375, an update episode. Yeah. 375 episodes in, and our update episodes are still the favorites, right? This is this is where we get a chance, the format where we tell you and uh, kind of get to reflect on how things are going in our life reselling-wise, how things are going in the reselling world in general, kind of talk about the spicy bolos, the things we've been uh, trying to source or we're excited to source when we find them because we know we're going to make a lot of money. Uh, but if you like this type of content, be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts uh, or on YouTube uh, because we have other formats that come out every other Wednesday we do. Uh, themed episodes and on Mondays on YouTube only we have mini episodes so about 10-15 minutes where we get to talk about a, a, a more specific focus thing uh, so make sure to subscribe on YouTube and then wherever you get your podcast listen in uh, so man Orlando how are things going for you so uh, it's it's been busy which is good I, it's the first time in a long time that it's been all day sales, you know, sales coming through and not to say that it's been like booming. It's been kind of a, a subtle sales here and sales there, but it's it's better than it's been. Uh, you know, I was kind of worried because usually the first two weeks of December are supposed to be peak. I know when it was Amazon, it would be crazy. I miss the good old days of Amazon where I would, you know, reset the the app or I would, you know, swipe down to have it reload and it'd be like 10 sales, 20 sales, 50 sales, 100 sales. Uh, and so, you know, on eBay, it doesn't work that way necessarily. But, you know, every day I've had sales of all kinds of randomness. And I do find that right now, and we've discussed this before, I find that people are, are generally right now, uh, they're looking more to uh, buy items between the 10 and $30 mark. Uh, I'm not seeing, you know, a lot of I've had home runs, but I'm not seeing a lot of the $100 sales, but the home runs do help. I'm always a fan of those high dollar ticket items who isn't. Uh, and and generally during Q4, those ticket items don't get returned. That's why I love selling them uh, during Q4. So that that's been great. Uh, you know, on, on the other side, too, it, it's interesting. I'm looking at the notes uh, that sales have been slow and they just picked up. So when I say picked up, I want to say they started picking up right after the weekend where December started, right? And I think we're going to carry through. Uh, this episode, you know, is is dropping uh, midweek of the second full week of December. And I think they're going to carry through for another week. Uh, and obviously pay attention to your post office dates and so on. But I, I want to encourage so basically just put it in like normal terms. Like you're saying sales are going to go all the way through till the, the week before Christmas or up till Christmas. What are you what are you thinking? I would say up until like five days before Christmas. All right. Right. And so you, you're still going to get sales. I mean, I have had people buy. I remember uh, two years ago, distinctly, uh, before I left to go on vacation, I usually go on vacation uh, the last week of, of December just because things die down. But I had 
post I had set up a whole bunch of drafts uh to list while I was away and every day I was having consistent sales too uh while I was on vacation. So you just remember that you know people have gift cards, people are thinking about those gifts that they weren't able to get until they ended up with that cash flow from a Christmas gift. And, and sometimes people celebrate Christmas later. You know, uh for example my family uh, you know, my kids go to two different homes and so they have Christmas with their mom and they have Christmas with me and it rotates. And so sometimes people have a little bit more time uh, to buy stuff, especially, you know, uh, we do have a lot of single parent families in this country. And so you, you just you never you never know. But it's interesting. I am finding a lot of vintage toys are selling now. I think it's because that's what I've been sourcing a lot this year. My sourcing has changed. Right. So I don't think it's because there's a boom in the vintage toy market. I just think it's that's my new uh, I would say that's my new primary item that I source for where before yeah, so was more. So more percentage wise, more of your inventory is going to be the the vintage toys than it has been. You got a higher percentage of that. Plus, those are newer, fresher items. So it makes sense that they'd be moving. Uh, but it could mean also that there's still a, a movement in that market in general. No, I, I agree. I agree. And I, I think there is. I think there is. Uh, I, you know, again, it's all about keeping those costs low. Uh, you know, luckily, when people are bargaining with me, remember, I'm running a 55% off sale, right? And on top of that, people are sending me offers. And so I'm still staying profitable. And again, some people will say your prices were too high. And I agree, my prices were too high. Uh, but whatever it is, it's working. Things are moving. Uh, on the sourcing side, it's it's been interesting, you know. I, I'm not a big fan of sourcing in December, but uh, you know, and I know a lot of people aren't. Uh, we just have our privilege out here on the West Coast, uh, privileged with high taxes. But on top of that, we're privileged with the idea that it's it's sunny year round. And so, you know, it's funny. I had um, I had posted the other day when I went to garage sales that it was cold, and then uh, Hearts Pickers, who I have been watching on YouTube for a long time, DM me. It was like. Did you just say it's cold? I'm like, yeah, it was a cold, you know, 56 degrees out here in San Diego. Uh, and by the time, you know, garage selling was done, we were back to like the 70s and it was beautiful and everything. But, you know, here in San Diego, a little bit of cold, you know, people aren't out there. And so it, it's just kind of interesting. But, you know, I, I go to these garage sales and, and there is one garage sale uh, I went to. And I had mentioned this garage sale that there were a lot of deals uh, but the stuff that was really good, they just didn't want to sell because of the sentimental value value. So, uh, a lady had been a big Padres and Chargers fan for a long time, had these items high priced. And, you know, this is one of those sales that had been going on for three weeks. And I kept thinking, eventually the price is going to drop. The price is going to drop. The price is going to drop. I went by the third time and I was like, Hey, you know, are, are we willing to make the deal? And they dropped the prices. And then uh, she looked at me. She's like, but uh, it's not negotiable. I'm like, wow, like that, that's wild. And they were high. And I even let her know. I'm like, hey, these prices are higher than eBay prices. Uh, and she goes, yeah, but I don't care. So, you know, I know we, we've done a whole negotiation episode, but sometimes you just got to learn to just move on. Uh, and, you know, I left my card. You know, I, I did get a call back and, and, you know, they said, hey, you know, we'll, we'll think about you in the future. So wait for an update. Uh, but outside of that, you know, the, the beauty about garage sales still, and I, I've had this experience uh, every single week is I'll buy stuff and pretty much one or two items will pay for everything. So I encourage everyone when you're outsourcing garage sales, thrift stores, local deals, 
I don't know if if you know, I don't know if Mike agrees, but I, I'm more of the 25% rule. As long as 25% of what you pick up will pay for everything, it, it's worth the haul because everything else will just be profitable. And I really think as we look into 2024 and where we're moving uh, financially, uh, that it, you know, to follow that rule, I think would be wise. Uh, one last thing, and I was talking. It was interesting. Uh, somebody had posted somewhere about how much like groceries were uh, in 1990. And, and they, the they, Home Alone they, thing. Yeah, you right? saw the Home Alone thing. Yeah, that's what well, I was going to bring up. Funny. Like 10 minutes ago, I saw that on social media. And it's so funny because yesterday I was watching Home Alone. We watched it with my son. So it was his first time ever watching Home Alone, which is hilarious <laughs> to watch a yeah, six-year-old yeah. watch Home Alone for the first time. I think you remember uh, why you shouldn't let your six-year-old yeah, watch it. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, man, like this kid is pretty bad. But like, there's a good message. He, he ends up wanting his family back, right? So, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so th- we... During that part where he's in the grocery store and he's checking out and the lady's like $19 and whatever, we were like, holy cow, like just the just the fabric art softener, not the fabric softener, just the uh, the whatever, you know, fabric, the, the cleaner, just that alone would cost 20 bucks, right? Like it's crazy yeah. how much things have gone up. Yeah. Well, if you look at that, you saw it, right? So the comparison uh-huh. was back then it was like $19 and some change. In 2022, it was $44 and some change. In 2023, one year later, $72 and some change. That's massive. That I, I can't even begin to explain. I mean, we all know we're all feeling it. And, you know, our, our last episode did really well as, as far as people listening to it and, and watching it, uh, where we talk about the crash in eBay cr- prices and deflation, how it's affecting us as resellers. And you gotta you gotta factor that in, right? Because not only are the cra- prices crashing, that's a huge growth. I mean, we're talking about in one year, in one year, right? You have fifty percent uh, rise in co- in cost of items, and some items, some items are a hundred percent. And if your business is doing thirty percent less than the year before, or forty percent less, if unless you're you know you're willing to make those sales and 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 be aggressive about accepting offers and sourcing low like you're going to be in a mess because the math just isn't going to be mathing for you you have to make sure that that you're doing what what's viable for your business yeah but isn't that crazy watching 1990 to 2022 and then 2022 to 2023 was the huge jump so so but wow, you know I, sure. I i can't complain i'm grateful things picked up uh, you know, I'm hoping that this will carry into January. January is usually a good month for me too, all the way into March, right? Because then we get tax season and so on. So this has been not so bad. How are things for you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's weird because, um, like you said, I'm trying. I'm not doing tons of sourcing in December. Used to do the yeah. kind of uh, going to Targets and WalMarts and picking up, trying to find the hot bolos and selling those. It just that's not been my thing. I don't I don't need the money that much to go for that chase. Uh, so I haven't been doing that. And I honestly have way too many items that are just uh, part of my death pile. And so the, the thought of yeah. going out and getting more, I know I should, uh, but it's just to me, it's like, OK, if I'm going to spend three hours today, I could get like a good chunk of this death pile done. And so um, the sad part is I haven't even been doing that as much as I could be. The listing has been kind of low. Um, but you know, it's that time of year. We've got tons of things going on with the family. We're doing lots of things around the house. Uh, we've got a new house. There's projects we have to work on. And so it's fine. Like eBay is still pumping in money. Like the only thing we've really been doing is sending offers, accepting offers and shipping things out. And Mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy that once December hit, uh, just the act of sending offers has been enough, um, 
enough like movement on our eBay to get the algorithm to give us sales or just we have the right items that people are looking for at this time. Uh, but it's wild because um, typically, you know, as you know, if you went a long time without put posting anything, mm-hmm. right, and not doing any major changes, if all you were doing is sending offers, your sales are going to stagnate quite a bit. Um, but, you know, that alone has been working for us. Um, and we've been selling a lot of, uh, of just random things, you know, several pairs of shoes, um, decorations, uh, some electronic stuff, just various things we've had forever. And it's like, oh, where is that phone? We sold like a uh, an old AT&T phone. Like, it's just amazing the things that have sold recently, things I wouldn't typically expect. Uh, but like I said, when people are in the buying mode already they've already they went on amazon and they bought everything for their you know people on their list they've already spent a bunch of money they're already in the mood of spending so they're like oh you know what else i need i might as well get that thing i need that phone that i you know to replace that one in the bedroom so people start buying when they're buying like once people start buying they buy more uh and and that's just kind of how it typically works for a while until they get to that buying fatigue or they recognize like oh i've overspent um so we've been getting a lot of sales now i'll tell you there has been this one item uh i i ask this um knowing your answer here but orlando have you ever had an item that you kind of not wanted to sell not because you uh wanted to keep the item but because you were tired of all the questions and the fear of like a return on it so wow that's one of my random stories yes Is i it? do okay so I, I do so go ahead i mean i'm not gonna share mine right now but go ahead share what you're gonna share i have no idea what episode it is you can probably go back to like i don't know episode 70 something i don't know there was yeah. a long time ago where we had bought this coat and i don't even remember now where whether it was a garage sale or a thrift store it's how long ago it was it was one of our like year one purchases but we bought this like made in england trench coat and it's like a peacoat type coat um like that kind of material and okay. it's actually really cool it's just huge it's like it's way too big for me. It's like a really big coat. So it's not something I would keep. And at the time I looked it up and there was, they were going over a hundred bucks. I'm sure I paid like less than $5 for it. So I was like, sweet, no brainer. So I bought yeah. it and took good pictures, took the you know measurements, the tag, whatever, sold it to somebody and ended up getting an INAT on it, like oh, an so initial INAT. And I had to like get it like habits. removed. And he wanted a, a return because he says, well, the tag says, you know, whatever, 40 R but it actually is a 40 AR. I'm a 40 R. I wear 40. Oh, this worst. is not. And and so he took measurements. He sent pictures. He sent it back. We got it all removed. Like we worked it out with him. Like, look, like we were basing it off of the tag. Like that was what was in the description. But we also had the measurements. And so anyways, get it back. And sure enough, it's like really bizarre that like when we measure it compared to the measurement on the tag, it's two different numbers. And so we had to like put in the, the item description and the title, like it, it, this is the dimensions of it, even though it says that this is the dimensions of it. So mm. that way people couldn't give us an INAD. And so we've gotten over the years, so many questions on this jacket. And like just recently we had like two different people. So I don't know, like if, again, if it was like this specific brand people are after, but asking us questions like, does it fit more like an American uh, <laughs> size, whatever, or like an England size, whatever. Uh, I'm like, look, so I'm not, I can't answer that question. Right. And so, all I could do is give you the measurements. And then once you start getting questions like that, you're like, no, I really, I don't even want to sell this because yeah. if it doesn't fit right to their specifications, they're going to be sending it back. And then the offers I keep getting just keep going lower and lower and lower. And it's at the point now where like the offers I've been getting in the last several months on this coat have only been in like the $30 range and it's heavy. And so it's like, it's going to cost, it's going to be quite a bit to ship. 
I'm like, you know what? I'm almost thinking I'm just going to throw this stupid thing away. Because it's like the most I'm going to make on this jacket is like maybe 40 bucks net profit by the time it's all said and done. Because I've already had to do a return on it. So even if I sold it at a high price and I'm like, best case scenario, make 30 bucks and my chances of getting an INAT on it or or just another return. If it's not an INAT, it might just be someone be like, oh, it doesn't fit the way, you know based off of what I thought on what the tag said and the title, because it is confusing. Like, even when I look at it, I have to be like, okay, wait, what size is this? Okay, this is the measurements, but it says this. And it's so it's confusing. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, what do I do with this jacket? Like, maybe I just get rid of it. I throw it away, donate it to somebody. I wouldn't, I, I would donate it to a thrift store right before I threw it away. But it's just so annoying to think that this, this decent sale that the very first time it sold, I, I probably was like, man, I made like 90 bucks on this jacket. It's now like, I might make 30 when it's all said and done. And there's a decent chance that uh, it's coming back to me. It's like, oh, yeah. The, the, when, the, when they send that lowball offer <clears throat> and it's it, it's kind of like a slap in the face, right? You accept the lowball offer and then, you know, they keep asking you questions. And then sometimes they drop the can you lower the shipping price or and then it's just like, listen, man, like you want to everything in you wants to go like. I gave you a deal. Just back off and accept it. Like, you know, don't don't start causing trouble here. Uh, But you can't do that. Like, you got to keep it cool. I I, I do feel like in 10 years, I will begin to uh, comment that way because I'm probably going to be just done with the years of dealing with that. But yeah, it's just it's so and I don't think people realize how ungrateful they come across. That's one of the things I talk about all the time. You know, when you're a reseller. You got to have some kind of emotional inte- intelligence and be able to read people, whether it's what you're negotiating, uh, whether it's you're dealing with the return, whether you're dealing with the buyer like this. And understand that not everybody thinks like you. Not, not, sometimes I don't think people are aware of how annoying they are. You know, I think people just realize that. I don't know. I think they just sit. It, they think we just we're just sitting at home watching TV the entire time waiting for sales to pop up. I don't know. It's just it's just kind of odd. I get I get it. So I'm sorry, man. I I've been down that road uh, many many times. So all right. So at least sales. You know, you sold. Do you like selling the random stuff? That's what the part I like about Q4 is when I sell stuff that, you know, I'm like, why did I pick this up and it and it sold? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, those are always good when when those go. Um, it just validates the fact that you know when I when I bought this, I knew what I was doing, even if like I started questioning it. Um, you know, over the years that that item has been in a tote. Uh, but then when it sells, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I was right. I was right all along. So yeah, it is nice when those sell. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a decent Q4. Honestly, I would say, I would say this Q4 for me has kind of been like a normal month when I'm like crushing it, right? So yeah. yeah. But I haven't been crushing it. I've kind of just been on like coast mode. So that's kind of nice. It's kind of nice that like I I know had I been crushing it, I could have like done even more. Um, but but again, that's one of the beauties of being a part time reseller is I can I can push the gas or let off the gas as necessary. And uh, and yeah, it 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 just kind of it works. Um, it works the way I need it to work. And it's been kind of like a, a nice little Christmas bonus to have sales come in. And then and then too, what it does um it, it it empties out totes. It empties out shelves in my in my storage. It uh, gets some items moving, which allows me to reorganize because now I've got some some places to put things because things have been just taking up space. And then what that does is it allows you to rebuild better, right? It allows you to like to 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 put your stuff in in a, in a position where it's it's better than it was before, where I can now do my inventory 
so that I've got only the items that I'm wanting to pick up instead of stuff that like, yeah, yeah, I'm glad some of this stuff is selling, but it, it probably wasn't. It, I wouldn't buy it today. Right. So when those things go, instead of having to donate them is uh, is a good thing for sure. Yeah. So it's a. Uh... Oh, yeah, I tell you, it's just it's just funny. It's just funny what people buy. And then I sometimes look at stuff. And I'm like, why did I even list that? You know, you just kind of deal with it. Like the other day I sold a, a harmonica for a dollar. It's my lowest sale of all. And it was just one of those things where I had it, you know, Ugh. it was a it was a huge haul. And was it a used harmonica? Yeah, it was from like 1896 Ooh. or something like that. Yeah, I know. It was pretty gross. And But you only sold and, it for a dollar? Well, because I kind of was like, I don't want to stop the sales and I was only selling it for like 10, 12 bucks. And it was just one of those things where I, I regretted ever listing it. Like I got it for free, I think. So I'm like, you know what, if I sell this and it triggers a hundred dollar sale after this, which I, you know, there's no tr- proof that that happens, but we know that, you know, when you accept offers, it tends to send you uh, more offers and more sales. And I was like, I don't care. Like the, literally it took me 10 seconds, you know, five seconds to grab uh, you know, the envelope, another, you know, two, three seconds to put it on the envelope and tape it. And then, okay, maybe it took 20 seconds and then another 10 seconds to print the label and slap it on. And sure enough, I ended up getting more sales. Like I don't right now, I, I'm not saying take a dollar. I'm not going to take something like that again. It was just one of those where sales are flowing all day and then they stop for like an hour. And I'm like, I'm going to take this. I don't care. I, I may lose 10 bucks. Again, I'm not a fan. I've mentioned I don't like selling anything that's under 30 bucks, but I'm trying to get rid of that garbage. And so I was just like, fine, you know, and I, I just I moved on and sure enough, other sales came through. So, yeah, I know it sounds it's ter- I, I got to keep it real like it it happened. You know, um, I have had those dumb lowball offers, items I have for 300 bucks. Somebody offered me five dollars and I'm like, no, like I've just blocked. I just declined and actually what i end up doing now i don't know if it works i end up ending the listing i block the person and then i relist it so i don't know if that has any effect but you know that's just the way i did hey before we move on uh there's still an awesome deal it's not the black friday deal anymore but you know we're approaching 2024 and a lot of people want to get their taxes done right away, right? And sometimes you have to wait, you know, until uh, the end of January for part time to get that W two or get that ten ninety nine. If you want to get a head start on that, go to my reseller genie. If for if you're a first time user and use our code Pure Hustle, and it will give you fifteen percent off the first month. What my reseller genie will do is it'll import all your expenses from twenty twenty three on eBay. So you know your shipping fees, your promoted ads fees, all those fees. It'll import all the information. It'll do it for twenty twenty two if you need it in twenty twenty one. If you have to catch up on your taxes from the last three four years, it's able to do that too, and it's definitely going to make your life a whole lot easier. So if you're stressing and you want one less stressful thing to enter into 2024 with, make sure to go my reseller genie sign up, use our code pure hustle, and you'll get 15% off the first month. All right. Random stories. So I'm just going to tell this story because I want to end on a, on a good note on the random stories, but I, I had the same scenario. I was just dealing with this, you know, I had somebody buy a pair of shoes and well, they didn't buy a pair of shoes. Uh, uh, two weeks ago, they messaged me. And the worst of them, people ask me to measure like the insoles of a shoe, right? Because they don't trust the size of the shoe. And I've never done that in my entire life. I don't know if that really works. Let us know in the comments. 
But somebody had messaged me and they're like, hey, I really like the measurements of the inside of the shoe. And I'm like, this is a $20 shoe. Like in my head, I'm like, dude, just buy it. And if you don't like it, you can return it. Like, I, I don't want to go measure this. So I obliged. I'm like, sure. When I get home, you know, I'll, I'll send you some pictures. Well, I forgot. I got caught up in the whole Christmas. We, I went to go look at Christmas lights or something. And I just never responded. <laughs> a week later, I get another message. Hey, just waiting for those shoe measurements. Send them to me when you can. And then at this point, I was like, yeah, no, I ignored them. And then again, I got a message two days later. Can you send me the measurements for this shoe? And I ignored it. And then the person bought them. And then when they bought them, they said, hey, I'm still waiting for those measurements. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll measure it now. You paid some money. You know, I don't want to deal with the return. So I'll measure it. So I go measure it. It's not the size that they were hoping for. And I said, hey, would you like me to cancel this? And then they said, well, are you sure you measured them correctly? Can you can you measure this part of the insole one more time? I'm like, sure. I measure. I send them pictures. I'm like, here you go. You know, let me know if you want to cancel. And then they go, go. yeah, I had these exact same shoes. Are you sure you're measuring them right? I'm like, just, just stop. listen, I can cancel this for you. And they said, sure, cancel them. I cancel it. I still get a message after the cancel. And they're like, hey, do these shoes have a tag in them? I used to have these exact same shoes when I worked. At this point, I'm like, I'm not going to respond anymore. But I did. I responded a no. Then they respond to me again. And they're like, hey, that makes sense. They're probably size whatever. Now I'm blocking them. I'm, I'm like done. I'm not here to have a conversation. I mean, this literally went on about 20 messages back and forth. And I canceled. And here's the thing. You have the right to cancel an order if you feel uncomfortable. Now, it's unfortunate that eBay does not give you the option to say, I feel uncomfortable or whatever on, on the drop down menus. But if you ever get in a scenario where you think it's going to be a return or you think there's something off, let eBay know, call them, have a conversation with them and say, hey, I don't feel right about this buyer. Sometimes you can ask them and, and I don't know if, if they really check. Maybe they tell you they check. Maybe they put you on hold and act like they're checking. Uh, but I've had that before where I'm like, hey, I've had this item. I don't feel comfortable selling it to too many questions. I think it's going to be a return. Can I cancel it? And then, you know, they can do it sometimes. Uh, I've actually clicked on the buyer asked to cancel because <laughs> I have interpreted their their language in their messages that they really want me to cancel it. And so if I ever get called some, some creative it, uh, interpretation there, yes, I will tell eBay. Well, based on the messages, it seemed they wanted me to cancel because they weren't sure about what they paid for. And I canceled it. So that's a very extreme case. I'm not saying do what I tell you. I'm telling you that's what I've done. So we'll just leave it at that. All right. How about you, Mike? You had any random stories? I got some more, but we'll end on a good note. The random stories here. Uh, yeah. So um, I had a friend uh, of mine that I've met since moving here who uh, does some like does reselling, but she doesn't do it like uh, like we do it. She's not like a hardcore eBayer. She just goes to garage sales occasionally. Okay. Uh, her and her husband go to my church, so I've met their family. And uh, now whenever she goes to garage sales, she she tells me like the cool finds she's gotten, which is really neat since she knows I do this too. Anyway, she tells me the other day, because I didn't make it out to garage sales that day, and I didn't feel too bad about it until she told me how well she did. Uh, so she went to one garage sale, and she was able to pick up like, I think she said like a five foot or something like that uh, pottery barn Christmas tree, like really nice in the box. 
were like five dollars. Okay, okay. And then she said at that same garage sale, there were bags, like like bags, bags full, like like those um, what are they called? Like the the brown paper bags you get at at grocery stores. Several of them full of Lululemon clothes, oh, no. like lots of them. And she said they were selling the bags for two dollars each. Two dollars so each. Bad. Can you imagine? Like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And she's like, yeah. So I picked up a ton of them. And then oh, she said, she flipped them. She flipped pain. them like really fast. Not, not Lulu Row, Orlando. Lulu okay. Lemon. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay, not Lulu. Yeah, okay. Lulu Row $2 bags would be All fine right. too. Like, See, you know, I, I'm, that, so, that is I'm so used to hearing stories about Lulu Row selling for that bad. Yeah. No. Lulu Lemon. That's Lulu a score. Lemon. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, this was huge. Like, I, after she told me that, I'm like, oh my gosh. I've, I've found Lululemon in the wild a handful of times, a couple times at thrift stores. I don't see couple it anymore. times at A couple yeah. times at garage sales, like one or two pieces, but people want top dollar for it. You know, they know what they have. They're not going to be picking up Lululemon jacket or sweater or fanny pack or something like that for anything less than pretty much top dollar, right? So the fact that somebody was just basically like offloading their entire Lululemon wardrobe, I was just like, good grief. I can't even imagine. Uh, so that's it's a random story. Not that I got it, but uh, she told me that story this weekend, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I'm uh, super jealous, and uh, I wish that would have been me. But it just goes to show I'm I'm excited to be out here to know that there still are decent finds and sales, and no matter where you are in the country, there's still going to be differences. But but reselling is reselling, and garage sales are garage sales, and and there's always deals that can be be had. So yeah, but yeah. that's that's one of the reasons we love reselling, right? It's you never know what you'll come across. Right. And it, it can even it can even happen after the fact. You might have a huge haul and the items you you didn't think were worth that much. Right. You're you're back at home. You're processing and you look something up. You're like, wait, the fact that this has these kind of letters on. I don't know. For example, the railroad lantern. Right. The fact that, uh, you know, if you don't know about that story, but I, I had picked up a whole bunch of Doug decoys and railroad lanterns and no one thought the railroad lanterns were worth everything. Everybody thought the value was in the Doug decoys. And I didn't list the lanterns until last. And once I started going across the lanterns, I, I started realizing what I had. And it was it was like, wow, it was like rediscovery all over again. So so you never know. I, I shared this, too. I, I went to estate sales this past uh, weekend and it was, I kid you not. It was it was a it was a big house and they had a huge lawn. It was probably like a quarter of an acre in front. And there were probably 40 to 50 cars on this lawn. And I'm going like, this is bad. There's probably nothing there. But sure enough, I walk in. There's a vintage starter uh, pullover. It was new with tags that's hanging from the door. You know how you have a garage and then the door that leads into the house hanging mm -hmm. on that door. And all these people walked right past it. They didn't even think twice about it. I go upstairs. Uh, I end up picking up a bunch of uh, vintage uh, chargers gear in the closet. People just weren't. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but people missed it, right? You just never know. Uh, I went to another garage sale, and you know, I, I'm a big fan of of lawn bowling. Uh, not because I love going lawn bowling, but because there there's money to be made. And so, I show up at this garage sale, and all morning people were there, and they're just sitting there, and the, and these go for like a hundred to two hundred uh, for four of them together, 
and I got them for seven bucks a piece. And so you just you never know that that's the thing. It's it's a knowledge game. It, it's sometimes you know the people that are there they aren't looking at things because they're so you know heavily focused on one item. So yeah, so I get what happened. But you would have known. You would have known had you shown up. So yep. All right. So this other story is is just again another testimony of share that you're a reseller. Just it 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 to me it it just seems like you're just gonna do better. I uh I got contacted uh by someone that said, hey, I have this uh reel to reel that you know it's 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 been in my home and and uh, I just I, I just it's heavy and I'm I'm looking to donate a lot of things to Goodwill. Do you do you want to you want to pick it up? And I'm like, sure, I'll pick it up. And it was heavy. It was about 50 pounds. Uh, it was a vintage reel to reel. And it's one of those things where a lot of people, I, I always say, you know, first I always ask them, like, don't you want to try to sell it first? They're like, no, I don't want to deal with it. And I always tell people, get to items before they ever make it to the thrift store because you just, you just never know. Like, if you ever hear somebody's moving, you know, uh, and I'm not saying go to your friends and be that grifter and like is all looking at people, but you know, always go like, Hey, you know, um, you know, if you ever want to sell some stuff, let me know. Uh, I can help you. And I, I've done that plenty of times. I've helped people sell some stuff off or, uh, give them advice on like a, doing a moving sale, whatever. But, you know, I went and picked it up and I listed it was on a, a Kai, A-K-I-A, A-K-A-I, A-K-A-I, a real to real. And I picked it up at, I think it was two in the afternoon. I listed it by eight in the evening and I sold it by nine in the morning for $250 plus ship. Right. So I know this should be like a hustle a week, but that quick, right? That quick, I was able to pick something up. Uh, somebody knew I was a reseller. They didn't care. They actually, they're like, hey, Rolando, you sell it. You get the most you can get for it, whatever it is. I didn't think it was worth 250 bucks. I didn't think it was working or anything. I plugged it in. The reels were working fine. Lights turned on. Everything was golden. And so I ended up listing it, you know, at a, for a decent price and it sold. So always share your reseller. Uh, you just never know. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, every conversation you have and go, hey, by the way, I want to let you know I sell on eBay. But, you know, things can happen casually in conversation and it'll be in the back of people's mind. You'll never, you'll never, I, I don't think you'll regret it. I don't think you'll regret it. So anyways, that was uh my random story it was, it was very very positive yeah no it's always it's always good to uh to share for sure so hey and and part of sharing i don't know on the discord we've had all kinds of crazy i we have a hustle a week next week that i want to share about dolls which is insane uh but if you want to see consistent hustle a week and great sourcing opportunities you should uh check out our discord in order to check out the discord you have to help us out on patreon which uh you know for 555 a month uh, it definitely is a huge help for us. Uh, it allows, especially right now, uh, you know, in this season right now, I could be packing items. I actually have like seven items I need to pack right now. But, you know, I we're dedicated to the podcast and, and it, it takes away. It takes away from, you know, money we could be making in other ways. So if you want to help us out, uh, come on over to uh, patreon.com uh, slash Pierce podcast or go to the link below for five fifty five a month. And then that will give you access uh, to the Discord. And in the Discord, we have all kinds of sellers. We have vintage sellers. We have retail arbitrage sellers. We have Amazon sellers, Mercari sellers, Depop, you name it. It's a vast community of uh, pure hustle uh, podcast 
I don't know. You know, I want to say hustlers, but you know, I don't know. I I don't like that term either. I don't know. We we're pure hustle, but we're more. We're like yeah. we're we're just diligent resellers. We're and, we're 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 pure and 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 hardworking, diligent individuals. Yes, that's what we are. and also hustlers. We are. We're the we're the back of America. All right. And so, anyways, uh, check us out there. And we're up. We're, we are Pure Hustle Podcast on all social media. On X, we are Pure Hustle Cast. If you want to give us a call, you can give us a call at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. And if you ever uh, want to just shoot us an email, purestofpodcast at gmail.com, purestofpodcast at gmail.com. As always, grateful for all of you that listen to the podcast. If you haven't yet jumped on over to YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button just to show us support on the YouTube side. Smash that like button and hit that bell notification so you're not missing our Monday minisodes. And last of all, grateful for all the iTunes reviews. If you haven't gone over and helped us out by, you know, filling out a review and telling people why you listen to uh, Pure as a podcast, it definitely helps us out in the algorithm. Uh, I wanted to share a couple. I know you, you usually do these in our themed episodes, uh, but uh, I just want to say thank you to all those that have taken the time. Uh, even when at times it's not kind to me, I'm still grateful uh, for those. So, all right. So I wanted to... <laughs> Did, did I share? I, I want to share these two, and then we'll end on a, on a good one. So, this comes from. Uh, let's see, did I? Did I? Yeah, Jigglypuff Gaming. That's a cool um, name. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard this one yet. This is from Jigglypuff. I don't think Sna- you told. I don't think you told this one on the podcast yet. Okay, so this is titled "Orlando is Annoying." Oh no, <laughs> it's all good. Well, I'm, I'm proud like, of you. I'm proud of you for being willing to read this, man. Like oh, it, 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 it's hard when people are are cruel. It's all right. It's all right. It says I love the podcast. It says it's really informative. But Orlando needs to stop talking over Mike for real, which is true. I talk over Mike all the time. I'm not going to deny it. It, it. it happens. It says I've listened to almost every episode on this podcast almost every single time. Orlando somehow feels the need to interrupt Mike with this nonsense. Just let the man talk, please. My goodness. <laughs> I wasn't upset about this. It just had me dying laughing because it's true. Like, I'm not going to deny it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it sometimes it's uh, it's I wouldn't say it's all the time. Um, But to be honest, there's times when uh, when when, you know, you need you you have more to say than I do because, you know, you're you're in this a little bit deeper than I am. And so, uh, you know, it's uh, it's part of the it's part of the game. And uh, maybe maybe the other takeaway from this is uh, somebody could write something and say, Mike, be more assertive. Do not allow Orlando to talk over you if he because I have the power to mute you, Orlando. I don't know if you recognize that or not. I can just boom, remove you from the stream and I'll just keep going. I'll just keep talking and bring you back when I'm ready. When I feel like you have uh, experienced your time out long enough and have have repented of your crime of of <laughs> of overriding me and what I have to say. And I appreciate the fact that you sat quietly as I uh, ranted about nothing for a while. But but that's the thing. It's like, you know, what's funny about comments like those is like, I recognize it. I just know how to stop. Right. Like it, it takes intentional. It's kind of using the word like if it's something that you use mm-hmm. all the time, it really takes intentional effort to remove it from your vocabulary. Right. Or if you always saying, um, um, like it takes it takes work. Wait, are and you so, saying are you, are you saying that you say right is hard to do? Are you saying that? Uh, that oh, I see right all over. Yes, or are yes. you saying that over over <laughs> like speaking over me is a hard thing to correct because you're so used to doing it? Is I, that, is I that what I'm getting mention, out of this? 
No, 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 no. I'm not. I just like I say right all the time, and I have to be really intentional. One time when I I was a teacher, uh, the first day this was when I was brand new. So some kid marked on their paper every time I said right when I was talking, and I think within thirty minutes I said it 145 times. Oh, Orlando, that's bad. It was well, okay. Bad. It was my early days. It was my early days. All right, you know. There you go. Yeah. All right. So you right? know, it it happens. But uh, I just it just cracks me up. I, I'm not mad about it. I mean, it, you know, I'm always willing, I guess, to take constructive feedback because I, I here, believe it's here, true. Here's the thing. Instead of people playing drinking games, because I, I don't want anybody to, to damage their liver or their lives by drinking every time you say right. I, I do it, too. I do other things, too, that I'm sure are super annoying. I say like and um a lot. However, um, and, and my comment was not pointed towards you. There I go interrupting you. But go no, ahead. no, no. What our listeners should do. Our listeners should play a game where they list an item every time Orlando says right. And we will just help them to just excel beyond their wildest dreams, what they are capable of in their stores. They will be they will be the people who say, I don't even know what a death pile is. I listen to Parasol podcast and I just list an item every time. Or See, like we could help each other out. Like it's all for the community. Right. And then they could take screenshots and send it to us so we can flex it on Instagram. Right. Some podcast helped this person's 90 day total get to six figures per month, yeah. you know? All right. So let's end. There we go. I say it again on, on a, on a note here on a good note. It says, uh, I'm thankful for this podcast. This comes from LG force. He said, I've been reselling for about six months and listening to these guys for most of that time. At this point, I've probably binged about half of the episodes. That's a lot of episodes. Nice. That's nice. about 180 or so. These guys share the wins and the losses and the realities of reselling in an entertaining and unintimidating manner. In a sea of clickbait and get-rich-quick schemes, I feel lucky to have stumbled upon this genuine, down-to-earth, and informative podcast. I do appreciate that. Yeah, that's nice. We, we pride ourselves on keeping it real. We pride ourselves on not selling somebody a bill of goods that you know they can't cash. Uh, it's... It's just we're always about documenting. So really grateful uh, for all this coming. Thank you for everyone for your support, whether it be iTunes reviews, YouTube comments on the Patreon, whatever it may be. Uh, thank you. Thank you to everyone out there. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk about some uh, reseller topics. Oh, I'm, I'm more than ready. <laughs> okay. eBay's new feedback policy, it's just their opinion. The new send offer... Um, Black Friday and credit card debt and Goodwill CEO of Sacramento in, uh, indicted for stealing $1 million. All of this and more on Reseller News. Now, it's interesting the way you read that. The way you read that was, eBay's new feedback policy is just their opinion. And, no, 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 well, that's no, how but, it's written. No, I know that's how it's written. But, look, look, whatever you put on the prompter, I'm going to read it, right? You had a question mark. And I'm Mike? No, 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 no. But okay, so obviously this is great because it allows to clarify. So I had talked about, I don't know how many update episodes ago, about how the idea that right now eBay has slowly been kind of I'm not saying not supportive of sellers. I think they're still supportive, but the support has kind of winded down a little bit. It's not what it used to be, right? And in you know, the peak of of sales in 2020 and 2021, you know, they were giving hundred dollar off, you know, hundred dollar, uh, shoe sales with no fees. Uh, you know, people that had concierge, like it was super easy to call and go, Hey, 
I got this crazy negative feedback and we remove it. And they're like, oh, sure, you're concierge. You get a handful of these every quarter or whatever it is, you know. Uh, and, you know, you offer free returns. Sure, we'll remove uh, that negative feedback. Those days are done. It's over. And, you know, it's funny. I always like posting on, on social media because <laughs> I seek validation. No, but it validates that this is happening. Uh, so I had posted uh, a meme. It was uh, Elf, you know, when he goes to the raccoon, he's like, hey, little guy. And he has his arms out. And that was, you know, asking eBay to remove negative feedback. And then the raccoon jumps on his face and starts destroying them. And I'm like, this is the aftermath. And that that's what it is right now for a lot of sellers. Like, they'll call eBay. And it's an open and shut case. It is so easy uh, to remove the feedback. So, for example, I had uh, an item that I had sold. And I ended up having to cancel the sale because I couldn't find the item. And, you know, I, I I canceled it, didn't ship it out. And the buyer never messaged me. Buyer never said anything. I even messaged them. I sent them a coupon. I did everything to make things right. So I get this neutral feedback and I call eBay. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm kind of bothered here because on neutral feedback, what they had stated, they stated what happened, which was accurate. But at the end, they, they said, it looks as if they canceled my order and they sold it to a higher person, a person that offered more money. And so I called the eBay. I'm like, this is easy. The person's lying. They're accusing me of being deceitful. Like this should fall under the realm of inappropriate remarks, right? You would think if somebody's lying to you, that's inappropriate, right? You know, I didn't know that eBay, you know, considered that, I guess if you just swear on a feedback, you know, knowing that, I don't know. I just thought it was odd. Like I, I think being deceitful is worse than dropping a swear word. That's just my opinion. So I said, hey, I, this is pretty easy. Person is accusing me of, of lying, of canceling their order, accepting a higher offer. And the reality is you guys can actually check and see if that's true. If it's true, let the feedback stay. If it's false, I'd ask that you remove it. And they're like, well, we can't remove it because that's the buyer's opinion. I'm like, what? It's the buyer's opinion that I ended up selling it to somebody else? That That's not opinion. They're, they're stating something as if it happened. I, I'd ask you to please remove it. They're like, well, we don't remove for those reasons. And I said, well, what, what does being deceitful and, and trying to hurt my business fall under? And they're like, well, no, it's, it's just their opinion. So we don't remove things for people's opinion. And then I asked, I said, well, what if I said that, you know, they, what if I bought something? And then I said, hey, this person packs everything poorly. You shouldn't buy from them is that okay? They're like, well, yeah, it's your opinion. I'm like, so it's okay if I do that. I just kept, I just kept upping the ante. Then I said, well, what if I said that it seems this person, you know, has terrible customer service all the time. Can I just leave that there? Like, sure. It's their opinion. Now I think they started getting snarky with me at the end. Cause I just kept upping the ante even more. Like I said, what if I said something about e some I I buy something and I put eBay's the worst platform ever. You should all buy from Amazon. Is that inappropriate? And they're like, well, no, it doesn't fall under inappropriate. I'm like, come on, like they're not gonna let that stay there. Well, no, I kind of I kind of think you're wrong on this one. Am I okay? Like, I feel okay, like go ahead. I feel like yeah. I mean, if. For instance, I mean, okay, I know eBay and Amazon are different, but like if I 
posted something about a product like this product was whatever the customer service and I've got like my experience from it and then it gets removed and Amazon's like I'm sorry uh, your opinion doesn't line up with what the seller thinks or believes like so like it I get it I think we all understand when we're reading reviews like when I buy a product and I see like half of the reviews that not half but the ones that are negative like you could tell the ones that there's like this person is just off their rocker about this item this person is just upset because of something that's not related you take all that into consideration so i wouldn't i wouldn't be happy if every negative thing got removed just because i mean i do think someone has the right to say their opinion now what what kind of cycle goes back and goes i hope my negative is still on there who would do that well i mean you say mike that you would go back and you're like i'm not calling you a psycho by the way but you would go back and go what yeah yeah Yes. If really? I took the time, oh if I took the time, man. I mean, that would be like if I if I did a survey, right? Like, you know, you you go to a, a restaurant and they ask, you know, take the survey. And then like I spend the time to send and say like, hey, here's the things that were like I I wasn't happy about. Like the line was really long, but there didn't seem to be like anybody like was telling us like how long the wait was. And I found out that they got that and they go, oh, here's a negative one. And they threw it in the trash. Like I'd be furious because the whole point of of, of having a place to put stuff like if. I think the almost like the uh, I look at it like um, comment inflation, right? Like if every comment on there is positive and the only ones that are allowed to stay on, if, if everybody knows, well, you, there's no point in saying anything bad on eBay because eBay is just going to remove it. Then you look at somebody with a bunch of positive and it's not like, wow, look at this store that's worked really hard to get positives. It's like, yeah, of course, they're all positive because the negative ones get removed. So I do think there are times when negative feedback and comments should be removed. But at the same time, like I don't. I can't imagine any other area in our life where we'd be happy that a, a platform is censoring anything that goes against what that platform likes. Like that that's against what, the things we value. Yeah, but this isn't X. This isn't like social media. This is this is my business, right? And I never lied to the person. I didn't cancel their item to get a higher price. I just didn't have the item. Sure. I mean, I, right. I get that you're you feel like they they were wrong and they lied, and maybe there are instances where it should no, be no, removed. maybe they lied. No, they lied. I well, I understand that, but the point I'm trying to make though is you sound like the eBay rep right now. <laughs> all of the things you were saying, well, I get it. Talking like sometimes uh, it could be you could be a little bit hard headed with some of the stuff, uh, but the it's true the some of the examples you're giving them, like a person can say like this this. This seller has bad customer service. They they treat their customers terribly. I think that's if garbage. If that was the experience, if that was the experience they had, like they're allowed then to say should, that. We should like be able to do the same to buyers. Then, like if we yeah, want to, go- I mean, that's a different argument, though. That's a different argument, and we've seen that play out on 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 platforms where you know, and you look stupid when the- you do it. That's the problem. You get what I'm yeah, saying? I, mean, like, I, I get it. Like if I see a negative, if I see a, a negative feedback where somebody's like, hey, this they had terrible customer service and it's one person out of the thousand reviews, yeah, I, I'm gonna take that for uh, with a grain of salt. But the point I'm trying to make is like if somebody had a bad experience, they should be able to say they had a bad experience, even if they were wrong. <laughs> and, so and, even and, if they're delusional, if they, we if should allow th- delusional reviews. Yeah, but you're saying it's delusional. Like they might have had a bad experience. It is. It like, never happened. As far as they know, like if I bought, yeah, well, that specific one. But I'm I'm saying the example of all the things you were telling the eBay rep. Like, well, what if they said this? What if they said, yeah, if a person says like no, they have bad I... customer service or they'll sell you an item but they won't ship it out. What was that? Yeah, no, no, that, that's not that's that's not okay. 
because if 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 somebody puts in a comment like that, they sold me this item, but they don't ship out their items. All eBay has to do is look and go, no, this person consistently ships out these items, and go, you know what? That's not true. Well, it but should be but removed. then at the same time, like, do they please it on the other way? What if your items? What if what if you typically send your items out on time and they arrive on time? And somebody comments and goes, "Wow, this person got it to me extra fast. They're a fast shipper." You should eBay come in and say, "Well, actually, according to our metrics, they're an average shipper, not a fast shipper. So we're going to remove this comment because it's just their opinion." No, because and if we look at <laughs> because again, it's truthful. That's all I'm saying. But is it is, if something well, is a lie, there needs to be an oper- if there's a lie and eBay can tell the person's lying, it should be removed. I understand opinion. I understand if somebody's like, I don't know. I don't know what that feedback would be, but you know, if they if they said something to the effect of, you know, they left a neutral. I even told eBay. I said if they just left it at, hey, this person canceled. It's unfortunate. I couldn't get my item. Let it stand. Let it stand. I even told them. I said, can we just remove that line where they're accusing me of lying? I don't care about the rest. Just keep that line because that's true. This other part is false. Can we just remove that? And two months ago, they've removed stuff like that because I had somebody do the similar thing two months ago and they actually did remove it. Now they won't even do that. And, and you know, if you guys want to know more of what I'm talking about, go to our uh, social media and check out that Instagram post because there's story after story after story of sellers doing everything they can, doing things right. The buyer accuses them of something, lies about something. They call eBay and eBay goes, well, that's their opinion. And they've actually said, this is our new policy. Our new policy is now that it's the buyer's opinion and we can't do anything about it. And so I was like, all right. So check out our mini sode. Our whole mini sode deals with, you know, how to do a feedback revision request. It ended up well still. Uh, if you guys want to get the end of the story, I ended up messaging and saying, hey, listen, I honestly didn't have the item. I looked for this item. I, there's nothing more than I would want to give it back to you, give it to you if I could. I would ship it right now if I could, you know, and, and I'll explain more of what I said in, in our Monday Minnesota if you want to check it out. And I just said, hey, could you revise this? And they just revise it and it's over. It was over. But, you know, I just, you know, and again, it seems to me that eBay at a time when uh, their their GMV is down, you know, they they are they're putting the screws onto the sellers. And a lot of people have said they're trying to re- eliminate bad sellers. OK, I get that. I get that. But there should be some kind of tier system for people who have been reselling for more than 10 years, have great feedback, have great metrics instead of, you know, treating us as if we're like brand new sellers that haven't been I doing this I, for years. I think part of it, too, though, is it may and we could be wrong on this, but part of it is. We know eBay's clear about specific metrics, right? Like if you have a certain number of item defects or a certain number of, of issues that come up uh, in a certain period of time, your store could go into review and you can end up losing certain. So they have, they can actually like put, bring the hammer down on your store if you have bad metrics. But a lot of it is anecdotal as far as if I get one negative feedback, I've got a thousand reviews this year, right? Like let's just say I had a thousand sales. And of those thousand sales, 500 reviews, and they're all positive. But I had like one person who was upset. They left a negative feedback. I think we're operating still in the in the mindset of like, I have to do everything I can to get this removed because if I don't, it's going to crush my store. When honestly, it might be like, who cares? Like, it might not make <laughs> a big right, difference. You're right. It might be like, like, can you imagine if, if I mean, 
part of it is like we got to again remember we're we're a business and you know when you're selling we say like the cost of doing business right like if you're selling things um you're selling a ton of things on Amazon you sold a thousand units of a certain thing and there's some of them that come back and some of them come back and you could tell they mess up the item you can't sit there and fume over each one of those like the bigger you are as a business the less you get upset about like the one up like the one upset right because yeah, if yeah. it was 10% of your sales were yeah, that, I it'd be that. horrible. So part of it is like, are we are we making too big of a deal about it? Like, is that just normal eBay policy? Like, should, you know, like, I don't know. So it could but be I, that I, we're, I we're, think... we're obsessing too much over uh, a, a single negative feedback or a neutral feedback and a comment when, yeah, because I look there's at, broken again, trust. At... There's broken trust. We just, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but I, I just think it's because people don't know why things are happening, what's happening. Right. And people, what do you mean by that? What I mean is people are trying to do everything to make sales right now. Right. Things are rough. Right. And so they, they're, I mean, a lot of resellers, they're doing everything. They're promoting their listings, they're running sales, offering customer service, free shipping, everything they can. Right. Because sales are slow. And so a lot of people are under the impression like, oh man, if I mess up one way since things are so competitive, if I get this negative feedback, like it's going to hurt my sales on eBay, right? And, and it's because eBay has never been clear. Uh, and they, I don't think they can be clear because I don't think there's, there's a way to really define how the algorithm picks and chooses, right? But, you know, I, I, think, I think there's this thing of like, hey, I hustle so hard and now I get this negative feedback and it's going to hurt my business. And people correlate that all the time. You know, I'm not saying it's true. But that's how that's how people feel, and and if so, if feedback is their is, opinion. Yeah, all of this is opinion. All of this is opinion. But it, are, it's kind of like are this. they allowed to have that opinion? Who? Oh, eBay. Messing. eBay can have, it's their sandbox. <laughs> Not eBay. But, the people. The people who uh, who who feel that way. That uh, negative no, no, they're, feedback. They're entitled, but I I think that's where. It, let us know in the comments if 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 you get what I'm saying because, you know, on let's say Poshmark, if you cancel a sale, like you don't get dinged but man on ebay you know you cancel one sale you get that transaction defect right on ebay there is no ebay has actually become in my opinion more difficult to keep metrics up than amazon at this point in time because on amazon uh you know it used to be really difficult uh to keep that 100 percent, and it still is difficult but on amazon it's you know i i don't think i've ever had a situation where I've had to fight or argue about a feedback lately. I mean, I've been there two years and like, granted, I'm not selling as much as they do on eBay, uh, but it, it's, it's one of those things that I don't know. I, I just, I think eBay needs to come up with some kind of tier system for people that have been selling for a while. Like there, there has, you know, their reputation right. should be rewarded at a certain point. So we'll end it. I don't know if you want to add something else, go ahead. Right. I, I, let's, you know, I have no, yeah, no more to say on this. No, let, no, I'm saying let's move, let's move on uh, to, so we can finish up this section. Okay, all right. Hey, send the offer. Have you seen the new update on the app? So um, it's honestly, cool. my wife's been the one doing the send offer. Um, I did have one. I'm, I'm not sure if, if it was. I had a message, and it was inside of the message option. I had the option of sending an offer straight in a message. Like, oh yeah, no, that's been there. Where you like click on the top? There. Yep. Right. Yeah, that's been nice. That's been nice. But now you can you can bulk uh, on the app, which some people don't like because initially there was a glitch, and it was like, hey. You know, you could only do percentages, and and then 
that for some people they were able to do a drop down menu where they could choose percentages or dollars off but i think it's a good thing i think it's a good thing anything to to make things efficient uh what i did like is that everything was on one page finally where you know if you if you have that option where you want to automatically send offers you used to have to go like one more click and then you have to click again and then we'll go back but it's all on one page but you know i always encourage people and i'll say this again don't wait until the end of the night. Don't wait till the end of the week to send offers. As soon as they pop up, if you have the opportunity, send it. Because uh, that's when people are looking at your items. Because sometimes you'll notice, let's say you have like, you know, 20 send offers. If you check a few hours later, you may have only like, you know, 17. And you're like, what happened to those three? Well, either those people bought that item or those people uh, ended up choosing not to go with that item. And you lost the ability to send that offer and hook that sale in. So make sure you're using that bulk item. Uh, send offer there so all right hey um i do have uh okay so let's talk about black friday we talked about black friday already in our last update episode it was right after update episode we talked about how amazon said they had their biggest black friday ever sales were through the roof and so on but i don't think that's a good measure of how things are gonna be and here's and i want to get into the macro just for a moment so the new stat that concerns me is that even though Black Friday was great, uh, you know, this is from Investopedia. There's a ton of sources that are saying the same thing, but credit card debt hits another record high as consumers keep putting purchases on plastic. U.S. consumers are still spending freely and they're using their credit cards to do it now. U.S. consumers added another $2.9 billion to their revolving debts. Uh, mainly in October, bringing the total to a fresh record of high, uh, high of nearly 1.3 trillion, as uh, Federal Reserve said this past Thursday, uh, it is the smallest rise in credit card debt since June decline. But nonetheless, we are at the highest. Okay, it says a uh, credit and, card debt. And, has grown f- go ahead. I was just gonna say, and uh, student loans are back, right? People have to pay pay back their student loans as of October. So I think we're gonna see between credit card debt and uh, and and an increase, you know. Ex, uh, bill you have to pay right like before you've gone over a couple of years a lot of people without having to pay the two three four five hundred dollars a month they have to spend on on student loans so yeah why not rack up a little bit of credit card but yeah as soon as that comes in on top of credit card debt whew, it's gonna be rough yeah well and then not only that there's also the buy now pay later pay later have you ever used buy now pay later before you don't uh, have I mean, to that's you don't just have a credit card right no i've never well, no, i mean well I, it's kind of like I a credit was, card yeah, it's just a credit card. When I was in, uh, when I was younger, uh, there was still Kmart did layaway, and so I I layawayed a couple things because uh, I grew up watching my parents do that, which yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in some ways is a better system. But um, yeah, otherwise buy now pay later is basically just like financing through the platform instead of through uh, a credit card company. Yeah. So this is right? from CNN. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. It is. It's the same thing. It's credit. So this is from but the interest rates are crazy. Like buy now, pay later. If you don't pay that off in good time, I think like you're in two or three years, you could end up like tripling like what you're in the pain for the item. It gets crazy. Uh, and so this is from CNN Business. The holiday spending spree is fueled by buy now, pay later shoppers. It says the Black Friday and Cyber Monday billion dollar U.S. spending spree was fueled by buy now, pay later shoppers. On Cyber Monday, buy now, pay later purchases hit an all time high up 43% from a year ago. 43%. According to Adobe Analytics, the number of items per order also rose 11% annually as shoppers use buy now, pay later. 
or larger purchases. While Cyber Monday and Black Friday hit online sales records, shoppers' reliance on delayed payments could mean a financial squeeze when the bills come. Uh, consumers were stacking on debt. They can't pay off a buy now, pay later, uh, finance, financial researchers say. And I looked at that and I was like, wow, Like th this is why I say right now, if you are making sales, make as many sales as you can. Because I think a lot, a lot of people may be going, oh, you know, it's okay. People still buy this item in January. Well, maybe, or maybe there's not going to be money anymore in January. Right. And maybe we'll fall off a cliff in January as far as sales go. I don't anticipate that. Um, you know, there's an other side to the, the, you know, uh, regular news sources are saying that our economy is good. You know, the administration tells us that GDP was at five point whatever percent. It, our economy is booming. But it's interesting that in a booming economy, more people are using credit than ever before. More people are using buy now, pay later. So maybe the economy is doing well, but consumers, they're doing terribly, like really, really bad. Right. And so, you know, take advantage of the ability to make sales right now. List everything right now. If you're listening to this podcast right now and, and you're just listening, do something. <laughs> start prepping items, start listening because you want to make those sales now because we don't know what 2024 holds. You you want to add to this a little bit here? I think I've said a plenty, but go ahead. No, I think that's good. Okay. All right. And then this last one. So, you know, it's bad with the story that I shall not be named when as the moment this story broke, everybody on social media was like, told you so. This this organization is evil. It's corrupt. It's bad. And I'm like, oh, like, man, how bad is the PR right now? You know, as as far as resellers go. And so, I, I started doing kind of some. Uh, I started thinking about you know other places that sell things, or you know just eBay in itself, and and the danger that companies can run. Uh, so, in, in case you don't know what I'm talking about. So uh, recently, uh, a Goodwill in Sacramento, the CA, so CEO okay, of that Goodwill uh, is being indicted for stealing over a million dollars uh, from the company. Okay, now, in case you don't know how Goodwill works, uh, Goodwill has franchises throughout the country. Okay, and so, you know, you might have uh, one individual or, or a group of people and they own several Goodwills in a region, right? But they all ultimately do report to goodwill like a franchise so let me read this real quick this is from a kcra local news station in sacramento uh it says a former goodwill sacramento ceo was arrested on thursday and is accused this is if you're watching this that was thursday december i don't know december 7th or something like that former uh goodwill ceo uh was arrested on thursday and is accused of stealing more than one million from the nonprofit organization the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of California said that a federal grand jury returned an indictment. Again, this is an indictment, so I'm not saying he's guilty. It's an indictment on November 16 against 45-year-old Richard Allen uh, Abruski, who was in charge of the Goodwill Sacramento Valley in northern Nevada. Uh, Abruski has been charged with nine counts of wire fraud, one count of aggravated identity theft, and three counts of monetary transactions with proceeds of specified unlawful activity. And basically how they got tipped off was that they did some internal audits. There was a lot of money missing, you know, all the math didn't add up and they, and it all led to this individual according to uh, the report. So where, where I land on all this is that 
this doesn't this doesn't help goodwill's narrative (laughs) of helping the community it just i mean i'm telling you on social media it just added fuel to the fire And, and i i really i think you know when it comes to ebay and it comes to amazon you know uh salvation army has always had a good rep in my eyes i you know i'm a fan of salvation army uh they've been very clear about what they do uh but you know you you gotta you know i i think goodwill has has done themselves a disservice by uh not doing a better job of working with resellers or communicating with resellers uh as to you know why they sell what they sell why their prices are you know they they've i don't know i just i looked at this and i was like man this is all over social media and again i don't think it's a goodwill problem i think this guy decided to be corrupt if if he was corrupt if he's allegedly corrupt okay this guy decided to do these things uh and it's it's not on goodwill but the fact that you know no one knows the name of the person that did this uh except for i just read it but people know the organization and most resellers are like here we go this is nothing new and so you know again i I really do think uh the store that shall not be named needs to do a better job of of reaching out to reselling community who i think produces a lot of their numbers and helps them continue doing what they're doing instead of just ignoring uh resellers uh because that that's been you know i used to go to a store every day every day and i had a great relationship with the store and for a reason you know they got new staff they got new people and it just it didn't matter if i showed up anymore it didn't matter um you know they weren't willing to work with resellers they weren't willing i mean we don't even in san diego we don't even have like a frequent buyer program which i know like in the midwest they do i mean they don't even run sales here there's like there's there's nothing so anyways there's no thoughts on this point Yeah, it's again, like you said, it's it, it's hard because we so often want to blame an organization for what an individual does. And at times there could be there could be a, a environment in the organization that promotes or allows certain behaviors. Uh, however, I mean, it, it's so tough because we've all been a part of some kind of organization that we believe in or care about, whether it's like a community, a church, a school, uh, whatever. And, and there's bad actors. There's people who do stupid things. And um, it's terrible when you see, you know, the public opinion or, or people kind of come down on the whole organization if it's not the organization's fault. And so, um, you know, I feel for goodwill on this one. I feel like if this individual did these things, uh, then, you know, it's it's a it's a show of who this person is as a, as a human being. Uh, again, that could show that maybe the company needs to do better, especially if it's happening at the high levels. But so many companies, I, I, I'd i be you'd be hard pressed to find a I don't think you could find a single Fortune 500 company that hasn't had people high up in the company have, you know, allegations or have been, you know, indicted for some kind of fraud or embezzlement or these things happen. And so, yeah, it's it's bad um, that Goodwill is taking the hit on this. And then also, too, like there's reasons I I dislike Goodwill um, as a reseller. Uh, But again, like Goodwill's mission is to they've got their own thing they're trying to do. Of course, they're trying to be profitable while they do it. But you know, they're they're they are giving people jobs. They are training people. They have their things that they are doing, and so it would be a weird, even PR thing for them to say, like, "Hey, our new thing that we're trying to do is try and sell our items for cheaper, so that resellers can make more, uh, so our company makes less, so that we can't help these people, which we're trying to help." Right? Like, so it's like it's a weird balance. Um, I don't 
I understand what Goodwill is trying to do as a company. So I don't really hate them as a company. It's just they're not going to be my preferred, you know, store that I'm going to as a reseller. But there's a lot of stores I don't go to as a reseller to resell. But I don't hate the store as a store, right? They they just have the things they sell at the prices they sell just aren't, you know, they don't work for work. what I'm trying to do. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I I it's tough because yeah, we've called them the store that should not be named, and you know, I, I think we've had fun picking at Goodwill. And there's things I dislike about Goodwill, and and but at the same time, you know, I, I think it would, it's it might not be wise for people to like just throw this as one more thing, like see Goodwill, and or even like what you were saying with like Goodwill needs to reach out to resellers. Like I don't think so. Like I don't think we may be a I big do. part of their yeah. we may be a big part of their market. But again, like imagine you're the you, you own you own Goodwill. Like how do you how do you uh, square that of like, look, we know we could be making more money on these items, but we're going to intentionally sell our items cheaper so that resellers could get them. Like that's yeah, a bad yeah. Look I'm not for saying too. like that, but it's it's kind of it could be a message. Like I think eBay has a problem here in the sense that eBay, like they they push that like small business owners, like they, they, a lot of their their spotlights, right, are people that run like huge businesses, right? Every once in a while, you'll get a person that has like a you know, mom and pop card business or something like that. But, you know, wouldn't it, I think it would be great if they highlighted the person that was able to pay off their student loans because of eBay, or if they highlighted, you know, I think like K-Way shop, right? That guy yeah, started how does, what does this have to do with Goodwill? Well, cause, cause Goodwill could do this. Like Goodwill could be like, Hey, you know, we're able to sell these items and not only do we provide for the community, but we're able to, you know, have goods that people can buy that they can end up turning into helping their own life, right? Into being able to get themselves out of poverty too, right? Instead of just messaging, you know, a certain way. I think, I, I to me, it's it, what I'm trying to relate it to is that there's there's messaging that can be different, right? There's messaging that can be different even on on eBay side. And you may disagree, but yeah, yeah. I, I do think there's a messaging issue all across the board. So cool. All right, are we ready for our next section? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some bolos. Yeah, let's see. I got the uh, bolo, yeah. All right, so, so my bolo, bolo like? is one I have talked about in the past, um, but I, th- I still think it's a good one. Uh, and I think you even mentioned these same types of things, but uh, we've sold lots of camcorders of various types the old little DVD ones, VHS ones, big, you know, types of broadcasting cameras, uh, but. For whatever reason, the 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 mini VHS, the VHS Cs, uh, mm. those camcorders tend to do really well. And I know there's times like you can get digital cameras where you're making well over a hundred dollars, couple hundred. I've sold I've sold a lot of cameras that are like old tech that you're like, man, I can't believe this sells for this. But a, a VHC camcorder, I feel like, is almost guaranteed like 30, 40 bucks, and they could typically be picked up for a couple right five bucks you know so they they tend to do really well and i'm not even sure who's buying these like maybe you've got like old vhc uh you know tapes and so you're like i want to be able to watch these and so you're buying a vhc camcorder like i feel like it'd be easier just to buy a vhs uh a vhs adapter and a vcr but for some reason people are still buying vhsc uh those little tiny mini vhs things if you can find the tapes, those sell. If you can find the batteries to the camcorders, sometimes the batteries sell more than the camcorders sell. Uh, but it's almost guaranteed if I pick up one for for under five bucks or around five dollars, I'm gonna make a pretty decent profit, either lotting it together even untested, or breaking up into pieces like batteries and chargers, manuals, uh, and the tapes. They they tend to do pretty well. 
Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. And, you know, some camcorders like the handy cams, even if they don't work, you can still sell them. Right. You get them for like a buck or two or five bucks, you flip them for 30, 40. Definitely, definitely worth it. So my bolo is uh, it's an interesting one because, you know, a lot of times you end up, you know, you buy like a, a you get a haul of huge of Thomas the Train a railroad set or a Duplo railroad set or Polar Express or whatever it is. And you don't want to you know it, it's a lot of work to list the entire thing thing right to set up the tracks to get them all aligned just right to take a video of them working and and sometimes what i find is i part it all out and i end up making more money here's in point this this q4 i think i'm out i think i have one set of tracks but i've sold i've loaded up a bunch of duplo tracks sold those i loaded up a bunch of uh Oh, so you're tracks. saying lot them up, not part them out. You said part them out. No, no, you can part them out. Yeah, you part them out, and part of that is lot up the tracks, right? So if you lot, let's say, let's say for example, you end up, you know, usually kids' toys, right? There's like a, a when you're at a garage sale, it's like a a big toy bucket, right? And it's a bunch of like Thomas just thrown in there, right? And you you might go like, hey, I can sell this Thomas engine here for a certain amount, this Thomas engine. And you're like, I'm just going to do away with these tracks. I'm going to just toss these tracks. I don't want to deal with it. Right. Or I don't want to set up. Well, you don't have to. Right. You could just set up, you know, like here's 20 tracks for 20 bucks and somebody will buy them. And what I do is I, I lot them up and I ship them out in flat rate boxes. And so I see how many I can fit in there. And then I, you know, I'll, I'll break it up into like five different lots. And it'll it's kind of works like a replenishable, right? So I sell one lot and then I still got three or four other lots and they're already packed. They're already all packed, they're all taped. All that happens when it sells, I grab you know, I print out a label, I slap it on, and I ship it out. And uh you never know. I mean, I, I've sold, you know, I had um three different Polar Express uh units. Uh, and yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Parting it out. I parted it all out. You know, somebody needed, uh, the observer train, somebody needed, uh, the locomotive train, somebody needed the coal cart, somebody, you know what I mean? And so you might go, I don't know if I want to list this all together. You don't have to, but I will say if you just find random tracks, that is even a pickup. Uh, cause I, I find random tracks all the time when I go to like an estate sale and, and people have bought out all the locomotives. And usually you'll get the tracks for cheap because I'm like, hey, you know, I'll ask like, hey, where's your trains for these? And they're like, uh, I don't know where they're at. And I'm like, hey, are you willing to sell these? They're like, sure, whatever, a dollar. And then you can flip that dollar into 30, 40 bucks, depends on which one you have. So, yeah, always look to lot up those tracks. Uh, there's definitely money to be made. Hey, before nice. we move on, a great thing that uh, really has helped out this uh, Q4 being that I'm not selling clothes as much, uh, but collectibles is bubble wrap and thankfully american bubble boy is quick on that shipping you know next day two-day free shipping uh and it's at a great price and uh if you haven't had an opportunity i definitely encourage you to buy some uh, bubble wrap from american bubble boy go to our link below uh and you could also get their tape at a five percent discount oh it's already a great deal it's like, i think it's like 34.99 for like 12 rolls of tape and you get five percent off if you use our code uh, pure hustle but check them out american bubble boy uh it's it's been a great help and i'm telling you it's quality bubble wrap and the best price out there all right what are you looking forward to mike um you know i'm actually looking forward to a couple episodes from now we'll probably be doing some kind of uh like year recap and then like a looking forward i always like looking forward to the next year kind of planning vision planning what what's going to happen 
uh, with reselling with the life and all of that. And, 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 you know, even with the podcast. So I'm excited for that upcoming, uh, you know, vision setting podcast that we have. Um, and that's kind of wrapping up this year. What about uh, you, Orlando? You know, I'm I'm just looking forward to like these two. I, I can't even think about the new year yet. I really don't care about the new year. <laughs> I kind of I want time to slow down. Um, and so, you know, I'm just looking forward to I got a ton of stuff I need to list. I'm seeing all kinds of items uh selling right now. And so I'm excited about about listing. Uh I am I'm excited about taking some time off. Uh, you know, but it, that all that all depends on how well Q4 goes. If Q4 goes really well in this next two weeks. Uh, you know, I might get out of town. If it doesn't, then I'm just going to have to hustle. Uh, and this may be, you know, the first Christmas uh, season that I don't take a trip, which would be kind of sad. But, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And then uh, I'm, I am looking forward uh, to doing some more sourcing online. Uh, you know, since we had talked about how prices are dropping, uh, I do find that 2024 will be definitely a great year to do a lot of retail arbitrage. So kind of what I'm looking forward to. I'm just looking forward to Christmas. I'm looking forward to, you know, I've already, you know, I've gone to Christmas lights with my kids. Uh, I've done a lot of, you know, did a scavenger hunt with my church. Like I'm just looking forward to the Christmas time. And so it's a lot better to do those things when sales are up because then you don't have to financial pressures uh, of so slow sales. So Anyways, hope everybody had, uh, you know, is having a great uh, holiday season here. Hopefully sales are coming through. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Please. Peace.